0: Those are beautiful, beautiful songs, a beautiful video. Thank you for your words and beautiful children's story. You know, there is a prisoner who probably has a number one million. Um, in Lake Erie, just in Ohio, it's up to 900-some-thousand. So, that's just Ohio. So, anyway, that's not all at one time. But over the years... Uh, beautiful gods of God's creation, you know, such a beautiful verse and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God did create our world in such a way and created us in such a way that we would enjoy life, that we would always be reminded to give thanks. Isn't that right? I mean, when we start looking at some of those pictures. You think of the sovereignty of God. How he holds all that together this is the fact that he created everything and he created us and he created us in his image. We can give thanks to God, right? And I'm sure the squirrels are happy that they're created as squirrels, but they don't know that, you know. But you and I know that we're created in God's image. And we can be especially thankful that he will recreate us and uh, give us new bodies and a new earth of which we should daily give thanks That this world is as beautiful as it is, is not our inheritance. It's a new earth, and we can give God thanks for that. We can thank God every day. I mean, who should we give the greatest amount of thanks to? It's God himself, because he sustains us as well. I think a lot of times we just take things for granted way too much, and that we should always be reminded of always giving thanks. And I think as believers we should be thankful every day because... God has a plan to rescue us from the power of sin. And we can be thankful that for every victory we gain, we should give thanks, right? We don't congratulate ourselves for not doing this or doing that. We give God thanks that he gave us the power, the strength, the desire to even to want to overcome. And we can give thanks to God that every day we can communicate with God in his word. This is really like a letter. We think of, oh, the Bible's pretty thick, but in reality, it is a love letter from God of which we can daily give thanks. Um, God created us in such a way that we could commune with him, not just read his word, but take time to commune with God, that he created us in such a way that we could actually give him thanks for the time that he desires to spend with us each and every day. Well, I, I had this scripture reading um, cause Daniel said he knew there was a decree, right? There was a decree that it, if, that if anybody would worship anybody else in the next 30 days, they'd be thrown in a lion's den. And he, so he knew, and it says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, that the, the law went into effect, he went into his house and in his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed, And gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Was Daniel thankful that the law passed? No, he wasn't giving thanks that the law passed. And you and I aren't going to give thanks when the Sunday law passes. But we'll still continue to give thanks even when such a law is passed. Because of the time we've spent thanking God. In fact, one of the greatest preparations for the Sunday law is to daily give thanks to God. Uh, and always keep reminding ourselves of, of who he is. Um, Daniel certainly wasn't thankful that with such a law there would be harm that would be brought to people. But, you know, one thing about the difficulties we face here in life is that we can be thankful that these difficulties can draw us closer to Christ. That in these difficulties, we learn to lean upon Christ. We lean, learn to lean upon his strength, which is one way to help us not to believe or boast about ourselves, is to believe more in him. Each difficulty is a chance to get to know God better. And for that, we can give thanks, that God has not left us alone, but he is with us in every trial. When we think of the three Hebrew worthies, and there's four in a fire, not three. That God is there in our difficulties and our trials. Now, this same Daniel who gave thanks, turn to Daniel chapter 10, verse two. This same Daniel who gave thanks that, as he had always done, and just because there was law, he didn't give. He wasn't less thankful because of difficulties. But that can happen, and that's what the devil's hoping to do, right? He's hoping that with each one of your difficulties, you'd find a way of not giving God thanks, or you'd spend less time with God. Maybe you'd find fault with God or begin to doubt God. But in reality, uh, we need to continue to be thankful. Now, as we look at Daniel chapter 10, verse 2, In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. So how do you reconcile that we are to give thanks always, and yet Daniel was mourning for three weeks? Is that a contradiction? No, it's not a contradiction, because at any one time, you and I have a multiple um, emotions going on all the time. Rarely would you have only one emotion at one time. Is that a true statement? You'll have many thoughts, many emotions, all at one time, all day long. And so even when Jesus wept over Jerusalem, was Jesus thankful? Did Jesus have gratitude in his heart? So we can see that throughout the Bible, you can have various emotions while at the same time have gratitude. Now, what would happen to Daniel if he mourned for three weeks straight and wasn't thankful at all? Would that affect him? What if Jesus was weeping over Jerusalem, but he wasn't thankful anymore? Or he didn't give thanks? Would that affect him mentally? Absolutely. So when we give thanks always, does it mean that somehow you're doing something wrong because you mourn over a situation? You know, Daniel was mourning three weeks because the Samaritans were trying to influence Cyrus not to help the Jews to rebuild Jerusalem and the temple. Uh, Daniel was mourning because there wasn't a lot of Hebrews who said, hey, I'm willing to go back and help. Too many of the Jewish people wanted to actually stay in Babylon because they built their homes there. They built some synagogues. They, in fact, that's where the synagogue system began, ultimately, because part of this, they always kind of came to Jerusalem, especially on those big festival days, right? But now that they were in captivity, they figured, well, we're not going to go back there. I mean, there's no city. There's no temple. We need to replace it. So they started the synagogue system, and they had a, who knows how many synagogues around Babylon at the time. And many of them just said, you know, I've, I've, I've started a business here. We've got a synagogue. We've got a rabbi. Uh, maybe we'll just stay here instead of go back to Jerusalem and help build the city and the sanctuary. And so uh, Daniel was mourning the fact that not a lot of Jews wanted to go back and help. And uh, is, is, was he okay, was it okay to mourn over that? But the thing that kept him going was that he was always thankful. Because if he stopped being thankful, he may that may turn into depression. You see, this is we're we're heading into a time when we can't buy and sell. We're going to head into a time when some are going to leave. And we've got to make sure that we continue as Daniel to always give thanks. Never stop getting thanks because the negative emotions will start taking over and that will form the way you look at the world and you look at yourself and everybody else. Giving thanks every day for what God has done for you and what he promises to do for you helps keep these other emotions in check and keep us balanced. You know, God gave us these emotions. Now, there are benefits of gratitude, um, It helps us to keep an optimistic uh, view of life even in the midst of trials, right? I mean, I could tell you right now, I could see this as as a plan for the devil. He wants to try to capture you at a time when things start going downhill, at a time when you're spending less time studying and praying. Do you think he keeps track of how much you pray and when you pray less and when you study less, when you give thanks less? that that would be a really good time to throw you into some difficulty right because then you're not you don't have much reserve going into this foxhole of trouble and that's going to affect you mentally it happens to soldiers all the time two soldiers will wind up in a foxhole one winds up with post traumatic stress and the other doesn't same amount of bullets flying over the head same amount of bombs going off but the difference is is one's going into that foxhole with more reserve of people caring for him or her, uh, of themselves, uh, their faith in God, the, the, the lives they lived as far as helping other people. And the guy who had less reserve going into that foxhole is going to be affected a lot more by the negativity that's happening around him. And so what you and I right now are doing, knowing that what's going to happen, we need to start building up reserves of thankfulness. Reserves of gratitude to God, thankful for the things that we have, the things that God has promised, and give expression to that to other people as well. You know, being thankful helps improve our relationships with God. And if you have a good, positive relationship with someone on a pretty regular basis, studies show consistently that that person's about 20% happier. Now, if you feel happier, are you more likely to give gratitude to God? And so part of our gratitude to God is to live a life where you are meeting people and you are helping people. It's not the number of people in your life. It's the quality of, of those relationships. You know, as we get older, we tend to have less friends. You know, in schools, when you had the most friends, you know, you, you go to school. and There's all kinds of friends. You're out on the playground and things like that. You might be involved in sports. You may be in other kinds of activities. And then you kind of grow up, and you get your job, and you don't see those friends much anymore. But you make some new friends. you got people you work with. But then you retire, and you don't see those people anymore that you worked with for the last 40 years. You haven't seen your friends since high school for 60 years or 40 years, you know. And, um, and then people in your family start passing away, and maybe you've moved a couple times. And you start thinking about how you might have less people in your life. But this is one of the real blessings of church. The reason why church becomes important is because you make the right kinds of friends, too. You make friends with people who also love Jesus and have that hope of his soon coming. So the devil's going to try to get people divided in churches and, and get them, you know, kind of, oh, I'm not going to go there again if that person is still going there kind of attitude. And that's happened to many, many of our people. But this is the thing is that, no, relationships are important. I need to go to church. I need to make friends. I need to be part of a Bible study. I need to be sharing, have people over, those kinds of things because it helps build gratitude and thankfulness because we're preparing for a time as there's never been. And I can't overestimate that. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but I know that it's uh, tremendous. I'd like you to turn to Luke chapter, um, Luke chapter 17. Verses 11, 11 through 19. And uh, I want to look at some Bible uh, examples of people who gave thanks. Uh, and this, as you'll remember, is um, the ten lepers. Um, we'll start with verse 11 of Luke chapter 17. And it came to pass as he, Jesus, went to Jerusalem. And he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And as, and it came to pass that as they went, they were, they were cleansed. And how many? Just one. And one of them, which saw that he was healed, turned back With a loud voice glorified God. Fell down at his face, or on his face, at his, Jesus' feet, giving him what? Thanks. Thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, where were were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Uh, These are not found that, uh, there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger, And he said unto them, Rise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. What can we learn from that story as far as thankfulness? Do you know that in this world, it's probably racially correct, ratio. That about, if you had a table of nine people at Thanksgiving, there's a good chance that one out of ten is really going to give thanks to God. The other nine are going to be thankful for their job, and they're going to be thankful for food, and they're going to be thankful for their, you know, other kinds of things in life, which they are. I'm not doubting that they're truly thankful. But is there something wrong with that picture? If only one out of ten around your Thanksgiving table gave thanks to God, is there a problem with that picture? But, you know, our world's like that. And I would imagine that this ratio is probably pretty accurate that, there's probably one out of 10 people who daily give thanks to God. Now, God is worthy of everybody giving thanks to him every day. Would you agree? Uh, Like Daniel, three times a day. Imagine how different our world would be if people only gave thanks to God three times a day. Is that possible? How much money does it cost? How much money does it cost me to thank God three times a day? It doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost 25 cents or anything. How easy that would be, how life-changing that would be for each individual, how much a difference that would make in our communities, in our country, and in our world. Something so easy and something that should be done in the same way that there should have been 10 lepers who came to Jesus. But there was only one. And we live in a world where God gave his only son. And there's not that many people who praise him. There weren't that many when Jesus came and put on human flesh. In fact, there's going to be a very small percent ready for his return. And this is part, I think, of our mission, is that we have a message to preach to the world, but we need to do so with a heart of gratitude and thankfulness. And it makes a difference. Nobody down the street says, you know, I like being around Jim because he grumbles all the time. You know, Nobody says that. But if you're, do you like being around people who are thankful and positive? And those are the kind of people we need to be. The more you and I thank God, the more likely the person listening to us thank God is more likely to thank God himself. And when you do that in front of people and you do it around your relatives and you do it, you don't have to preach a sermon to your unbelieving relatives every time at Thanksgiving. But you can thank God. And it's still a seed that's planted. It's an important seed that is planted. You know, Mary Magdalene was the woman caught in adultery that the Pharisees threw before Jesus. And he says, uh, where are thy accusers? That's mercy. Go sin no more accountability. But she was so thankful that she did what? You remember what she did? She washed his feet with her hair. So in these two examples, we have the leper who came back and openly expressed his thankfulness to God with his words and posturing before Jesus. And we have Mary doing it by her actions as well. And somehow in thankfulness, we should do something more than just say the words. Expressions of thankfulness. How can we express our thankfulness to Jesus if he's in heaven right now? Any thoughts? Yes. We can pray, but as far as giving expression, we can pray, but we can minister to people. One of the greatest ways to give thankfulness to God is to pray for and look after people who are also created in his image. And in doing that, our gratitude and thankfulness in giving expression helps us to overcome self-centeredness, helps us overcome a lot of different things. Thankfulness is a major healing power in our life. David was caught doing a number of things that were negative, but he got reborn and he wrote what? Psalms. And spiritual songs. It would be good for us. And I enjoyed this Sabbath because we we got to sing more. But does God enjoy listening to us sing more in our gratitude to him? And and that's important, isn't it? That we give expression to God in song. He gave us these vocal cords for that. Um, Daniel, of course, prayed three times a day. But giving gratitude is a really good formula to overcome depression and anxiety and a number of other things. So the ways that we can express gratitude or maybe, as we've heard the expression, cultivate a heart of gratitude. Have you ever heard that expression? Cultivating a heart of thankfulness. Is express your gratitude in different ways. We don't necessarily need to express our gratitude to God in only one way. Maybe that's prayer. Maybe it's just saying the words. But let's add to that. Let's find other ways to show our gratitude to God by helping somebody else out. And other ways finding gratitude to God. Doing something for someone. And making space. We all have emotions. And sometimes the emotions we remember the most are the ones that are negative. But if you have a negative emotion and you're feeling depressed. Or you have anxiety, what would be one thing we could do? Mesh that one emotion, knowing that you can have more than one emotion at one time, and we do anyway. Is whatever that emotion is, mesh into that emotion a gratitude to God. Raising our hearts and minds in thankfulness to God, no matter what that emotion is. Always make gratitude a part of our thinking and feeling. And I think sometimes when we get into a situation and the negative seems to hit us, think of times when you weren't negative. Think of times that were pleasant, right? We have memories when things were pleasant, right? Don't think just about the things that hurt. Think about things that you felt good and you were happy. Um, Times when you study and you were singing uh, joys of service and things like that. And uh, the dangers let me close with a couple statements on the dangers of not cultivating a grateful heart is that's what happened to Lucifer didn't it Mm -hmm. Lucifer stopped um, cultivating a grateful heart to God a thankful heart to God and he became what became self-centered And that will happen every time. If I diminish my thankfulness to God, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to focus more on myself. Does that seem logical? If I do not cultivate a grateful heart, um, I might come to a point where I feel like I'm entitled to this, this, and this. But if I'm always giving thanks to God for this, then I know that it's a gift from God, not something I'm entitled to, but something that God has provided for me. Uh, if I cultivate a thankful heart, I'll become less critical of situations or people. And I become less discontent because I keep reminding myself, I am so thankful. I am so thankful for this or that. Let me close with this verse, James 1.17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variables, variableness, neither shadow of turning. When a negative happens, nothing, God hasn't changed. Maybe our circumstances have changed, but let's be like Daniel. May we continue to praise God and give him thanks, no matter the situation, no matter the time. Before our closing prayer, we have a closing hymn. Our closing hymn is number 560.